Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Amy Haynes. I'm Miles Lacey. And I'm John Marker. And welcome to the Driven Chat podcast, which might be the last one. The Driven Chat podcast, powered by Paramex Digital. Hello there and welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. As you've just heard there, this week we are potentially saying goodbye, but not forever. Don't worry, we're just having a little break, a little breather. And then we're either going to come back as we are, or we're going to come back as something new. Who knows? Not me. Right now, at the time of recording, no idea. <laughs> it's very confusing, very complicated. Shouldn't matter as much as it does, but here we are. How are we both? All right. Yeah. But, do you know what? I'd say we're pretty good. Good. Pretty good. Can I just say, given the time of year... Merry Christmas. Oh, well, thank you. Which is something historically I've always held back from doing because I always think, well, people might not be listening to this at Christmas. But, you know, most people do listen on the first week of upload. And if they are, you're currently filling your stomachs with pigs in blankets, mince pies, gingerbread houses, turkey leftovers. Alcohol. Alcohol. Mm-hmm. Hot chocolate with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Coffee with alcohol. Coffee with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol. It's brilliant that this is the time of year when it becomes completely fine to just add a bit of brandy to everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fancy yeah. of him too. We yeah. in your morning. Yeah, you can have a little bit of sherry in the afternoon. That's <laughs> yeah. sherry. I'm sure somebody somewhere over the years was telling me that they have had breakfast cereal with Bailey's because it's Christmas and why not? And I kind of immediately went, oh, that's just actually. Yeah, like Cocoa Pops with Bailey's. Yeah, mm. <laughs> would be quite I mean, <laughs> I 
feel like my car would look like that Lamborghini from Wolf of Wall Street eventually. <laughs> it wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't be recommended to drive your car after Cocoa Pops with Baileys. No. Don't no, do that, dear that's, listeners. That is not an official line from <laughs> the Driven Podcast. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it doesn't feel, in fact, it felt modern. Do you know what? It's the first Christmassy thing I've just done. And we did a dog walk in the cold. Yay! We did. We, we did. Took, we took Amy's dog Lottie out for a little walk, which was very pleasant. <laughs> yeah. And it was I'd very love cold. to say that it was in some sort of wintry, snowy scene, but it was actually... In Coventry. Bingley, Coventry. <laughs> yeah, it was in Coventry. <laughs> yeah, with a bit of ice on the ground. Yeah. But hey, look at us. Look at us now. It's winter. It's Christmas. I'm sat here with my scarf on still. You are. <laughs> and your winter jacket. Yeah. Your outside jacket. And we're sat in a room with heating. Although it doesn't feel very warm at the moment, does it? Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, yes, we are, as the title has said, and as you've been hearing for the past few weeks, we've been building up to our little pause whilst we build up for bigger and better things in the next chapter of what we're doing as Driven and as our podcast. So we are going to be having a little bit of a break. But before we do, I thought we'd have a little sit down. We'd recap on some of our favourite conversations that we've had this year. Bear in mind, we are now, believe it or not, just shy of 190 podcast episodes since we started doing this. We might as well round it up. That's pretty much 200 podcasts that we have recorded as driven and as the driven chat podcast since a bizarre little period of our lives called lockdown Mm -hmm. where we decided let's have a go at doing this for a bit madness isn't it yeah cast your brain back to the very first one we ever did and yeah i mean summer i think i just rocked up in the not about the third episode in, I'd rocked up to uh, where we were recording in Mildred and had broken down. And the- Yeah. <laughs> yes, you, yeah, you had. I did. Uh, John Quirk had to come and save me. He did, in his Audi A2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. It's been an absolute roller coaster. If you are one of the listeners that has been with us since day one and you're still here, you will know all too well that we have adapted and changed and our kind of overall outfit has changed a little bit and the way that we look and the way that we sound has all changed. Um, and if you've only been with us for the past few months uh, or few weeks or even perhaps a couple of episodes, then you'll be, you know, perhaps unaware that anything's been ever been any different. But we have, we've, we've evolved quite <laughs> quite considerably i'd like to think yeah in the right in way in the right way yeah i would i would listen to the order of the episodes from most recent to oldest rather than the other <laughs> yeah, way around yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely yes absolutely um but yes it's been a f- absolutely fantastic privilege bringing these episodes to you we have had the most amazing collection of conversations as i say nearly 200 and within that 200 episodes we have well over at least, I would say, 160 individual conversations, interviews with the most amazing people in the automotive space. Um, That is what you can expect from what's coming next in whatever format it comes to you in. That bit, the bit that works, is going to remain the same and the general theme will be us talking to cool people from the automotive world so the car designers the racing drivers the motoring journalists the video creators all the people that you want to hear from they're the people that we're going to continue doing this with Uh, it's not going to be weekly it's not going to be as regular as every single monday morning because that is quite honestly 
an absolute mission <laughs> and the fact that we've been able to do that for the past two and a half years slightly breaks my brain i'm quite looking forward to um, not having a cold sweat on a sunday evening going oh my god i haven't scheduled the <laughs> podcast for tomorrow yet um and whilst also having to think about the plane i'm getting on in the next few hours or the funeral i've got to go to or the wedding i've got to go to and all that sort of stuff so that's going to be a big blessing um but that's all the stuff that i guess you don't think about when you just consume the media you just go oh this sounds good yeah, i'll, pr- I'll hit play we, we are the uh, the swan on top of the water <laughs> John is the legs <laughs> so yes i'm going to enjoy having a little break from that that stress the work will continue we will of course keep recording things and uh, my plan if all being if, if all goes to plan i should say is going to be that we're going to hit you with a collection of episodes in the new year so probably i would expect sometime in february with a collection of interviews that we've had that we have recorded and we've polished and we've put out and it's going to be even better than the stuff that you've been hearing so far. We're even going to have a new jingle, new sounds and a new logo. Wow. Wow. New, new presenters new. maybe? <laughs> yeah, I haven't told you guys that. Ah, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, like that brilliant Alan Partridge scene, whereas uh, have we got a second series? Yes. And then just locks everyone in a room and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't worry. We're all still sticking around. It's all going to be good. Yes, we're going to make a real song and a dance of uh, keeping, you know, carrying on doing what we're doing and what we know that you like, because that's one thing that we've been very grateful for is the amount of feedback that we do get from you, dear yeah. listener, telling us what you like, perhaps what you don't like equally. It's just as valuable to us uh, because we know that we can then learn from it, evolve from it, carry on from it, stop sounding like local hospital radio DJs. Um so one of the things I wanted to do as a little end of year, end of this particular season, is talk about some of our favourite conversations that we've had in the most recent history. So I guess we might as well do it as this year, because yeah. of course, this has been a busy year, 12 solid months of podcasts. Um, Amy Haynes, I'd yes. like you to go first. Is there anyone in particular or a conversation in particular that stands out, something you really enjoyed this year? I really enjoyed this year, the chat with uh, Nigel Harneman, who was the yeah. automotive photographer who I've known for many years. Um, and but that's because of a selfish thing. I found it really interesting. <laughs> so if you're not into cars and photography, you probably wouldn't find it as interesting as I did, but I really enjoyed it. But also I, what I loved about that conversation was the kind of the glimpse into the world of advertising. Because mm. for me, as a bit of a car nerd bit, as a massive car nerd... I find the whole like marketing and advertising of cars just as fascinating. It's a bit like, you know, editorial and magazines and things. I've always been fascinated why certain magazines do things the way they do and certain people write about magazines or write about cars the way they do. So hearing Nigel's insight into the world of advertising as well as photography, I thought was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, shall we listen to a little a little recap of that conversation? Go on then. Here we go. Now, you mentioned Renault earlier, and I know that there's a big chapter to your work beyond just photography which is of course in that world of advertising and yes. I know I don't know the full story to this so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I can ask you this in person mm. uh, but we had a phone call probably a year or two ago in which you gave a, a quick overview of your some of the things you've done in your career mm. one of those being a particular campaign for Renault which now for me I can vividly remember this se- sequence and series of adverts but it's for the Renault Clio and the campaign was Papa and Nicole. I'm going to look to Amy to see if you can remember yes. this because we are a similar age. You're a tiny bit younger than me, but I can. So I don't know why it sticks in my head so much, and it might be just because I would have videotaped something on the television 
and that advert would have been on it and it would have been something I watched again and again and again mm. but this is a campaign that ran through the 1990s mm. did it go into the noughties as well? I, do you know I, by that time I think I was I was I don't think it did actually because it was it almost it followed the story didn't it of father yeah. and daughter yeah. Papa and Nicole mm. Nicole was bought a Renault Clio and then as Nicole got older further along in the 90s she got her own car and it was this beautiful story that continued but you had quite a crucial involvement in that well, I say crucial I was a freelance assistant with a really well known <laughs> photographer <laughs> <laughs> definitely crucial well obviously yes I yeah, but it was no. It's it quite funny, really, because um, back in the freelancing days, again, one of the guys that I'd, I'd like to have worked with because he travelled around the world quite regularly mm. photographing big campaigns, uh, was a guy called Jake Wallace, um, and Jake uh, was a great bloke, great bloke, bit of a maverick, did like a beer now and again, <laughs> every day. Um, anyway, so we had a great time. But yeah, he he had the um, the the. Uh, the year of people who in publicists, publicists mm. with the agency, Baker Street, London, back in the day. Wow. And he'd, he'd got the, the, the job of shooting the campaign that was going alongside Nicole and Papa. Mm. So, yeah, um, that's, kind of, that's kind of where that, that came from. So, yeah, we used to trip down to France and, um, in, his, in his G Regiland cruiser. Yeah, and uh, well, he didn't drive. I drove and he flew. <laughs> Bless. But yeah, that was quite funny. That was quite the first. The first one's quite a funny story. It's not funny, but it is funny. Mm. It's funny. Um, the morning I'm supposed to be driving to, I think it was uh, where were we shooting at Avignon. That was it. Because um, there was a flower seller and a truffle hunter, and it mm. was that was the start of the, the thing. So um, Jake says, "Be a bit my place in Islington, eleven o'clock. You can take your time to get down to Avignon." So I said, "Okay, that's fine." So I had been out with my mates the night before, and I jumped on my VNR, VFR um, in, in St. Evanage, yeah, which mm. is also known as Stevenage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that glorious place. Um, so, yeah, I jumped on my VFR. Mate of mine, he was also heading to London, so he'd gone off in his car, and I, because I, I was on my motorbike, I thought, oh, Lord. Anyway, I saw my mate in front of me he was about 50 yards in front of me so I came into this roundabout a little bit too quickly and then gave it too much going out and high-sided oh no high-sided straight into straight into the uh, straight into the fence oh, bike no. kicked me in the chest oh freaky yeah straight off to hospital scooped oh. up oh. only just I was out, out cold I scooped yeah. up off to hospital Paul, mate of mine, came to the hospital. I came around in the hospital and said, I've got, to get to, I've got to get to Avignon. I've got to signed myself out of hospital. Oh, <gasps> my word. Paul took me to Islington. <laughs> right? All, this is all in the same day? This is all in the same morning. Oh, wow. It's all in the same morning. I turn up at Jake's place and I'm fine to drive to Avignon. Jumped in his Land Cruiser with concussion. Oh, my <laughs> oh, goodness. God. Shot off down there. But, yeah, that was, that was quite entertaining. So, yeah, and then we did the, the Nicole and Papa stuff, the... the the, the flower seller and the, the truffle hunter. But that was, that's how I got into Renault, basically, because, you know, well, I didn't get into Renault that way, but that's how they, they, you know, some of the people got to know me at Renault. And then, um, but yeah, one of the best things with Renault was, do um, you remember the V6 Clear? Of course you remember the V6 Clear. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the rear engine, rear engine. window maker, terrible thing to drive. Yeah, it felt like I had a hinge in the middle. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the phrase. Brilliant idea, but absolutely yeah. awful in principle I thought there's some I, I read an article on it afterwards in fact there's a book around somewhere but I, I'll see if Jill can find the book but anyway so Renault publicist publicist Renault London not London Paris phoned up and said mm. look you know we've got this this new car can't tell you about it but can you be at the tyre test track in Montpellier aha uh-huh. yeah you be there for a week and we'll deliver a car to you do what you want mm-hmm. and come back I'm like fine okay I'll do that so um, 
my French agent at the time said, yeah, yeah, I said, is this for real? There's no art direction, there's no nothing. And we've got a racetrack with a Renault car. No drivers, no nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. just get down there. So, yeah, okay. And I had this carbon fibre thing rigged that we used to hang off cars uh, and yeah. make them look like they were moving and all that sort of stuff. So I hooked the trailer up and off we drove. Me and John drove down there and turned up at this racetrack and booked into the hotel and stuff. And anyway, this, this weird-looking thing was unva- rolled out the back of this car, this two-door sort of hyped-up sort of little sports car thing. And it was like, it was the Renault V6. Mm. It was the very, very, very first one. Right. And we had it for a week and we thrashed it around this track, just me and John. <laughs> but, yeah, took a whole load of pictures, of which they then started using them on billboards and posters again. Wow. So, yeah. That was great. So that was that was that was the V6 Clio. The Driven Chat Podcast. Ta da! <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I love like, this. That was nice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Miles Lacey. Mm. We've had quite a few conversations. We've, and we've done recordings this year. this year. Amy, you've been quite busy doing like photography work and running a Jaguar E type restoration business. Get married. Get married. Well. That's yeah. yeah, it's quite important. Yeah. Somebody said to me, right, this, I, I promise you this is true. Somebody said, why didn't you do like a thing around the podcast about Amy getting married? And I said, because that's, it's like that. they were almost expecting a Sounds of Amy's <laughs> Wedding podcast. I mean. No, that, sorry, but no. It doesn't quite work like certain that. Things, certain things we do yeah, outside we good, of... And uh, Hello Magazine was already there. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we already uh, we, we did do half a podcast because that's we did. the first time we did a podcast after I got married. I changed my name, so um, yeah, that's true. yeah, that's when I went to. Yeah. But I think they were hoping for live from the wedding. Live from the wedding. <laughs> there was a church. The we had a drive. We ate cake. We had a dance. And that was it. That was it. Yeah, sounds like a good day. <laughs> um, but yes, Miles and I we we've, we've had loads. quite a lot of conversations this year. Who stands out as one of your mm. one of your favoured conversations? I really that yeah. There's been. They've all been really good. They've all been personally interesting as well, which has been mm. great. However, um, I really enjoyed the conversation with Ben Broke-Smith from String Theory. Yep. One, because I like that world anyway. But what was great, and I don't think he even realises how good he is at doing it, he's great at marketing what he does without sort of shoving it down people's throats. Mm-hmm. And actually, what the most remarkable thing was, it was Generally, a bit of a nerdy subject, but so many people after that episode listened to it that weren't necessarily car people and went, "Oh, I'd even like to take my like normal family mm-hmm. car there and have him do some work on it." Yeah, because that's kind of how we came across. Yeah, it yeah, was great. absolutely. Yeah, the String Theory Garage. I mean, it's worth mentioning as well. Ben is one of my absolute closest friends and somebody that I've travelled around the world with and done all sorts of tremendously terrible things with. Um, but yes, it was great to actually be able to sit down and learn about him and his business and what he does. Because um, you're right, what he does is quite impressive and people do travel from all over the country to have his magical hands make their uh, suspension and geometry be even better. So hey, look, just like we did with Nigel Harneman, let's have a little recap on that one. It feels like you give an honest direction and understand what that particular use case is with the customer. Uh, I, I So I had an experience of this when I was... I, again, I was out with the Nürburgring testing and I needed to coach somebody uh, at the Nordschleifer to get their, help them get their industry pool license. Um, and it didn't make sense to put them in, you know, the big... Is that sub-8, bro? Do you have to do sub-8 to do that? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, not like a... It didn't make sense to put them in a high-powered road car, basically. Yeah. 
So I hired um, a car from one of the companies. And what was it, it? What did you hire? So it was BMW 1 Series, 125 cool. petrol. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, no more than 220 horsepower, which is, isn't a lot of power, is it? Was it, was it the company that is... Uh, how, are we, are we able to say what company it yeah, was? Yeah, why not, yeah. Is it Rent for Ring? Rent for Ring, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Those one series are amazing. They are fantastic. And I said, I drove I drove it for a couple of laps and said, what, you know, what have you done? And they said, do you, do you know what? It's got nothing to do with the engine. Yeah. It's got some, I think it's got some bigger, better pads on it, something like that. All of the money and time and effort had gone into the KW springs and dampers on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were remarkable. Like all that, the car to drive on the Nürburgring was impeccable. To drive anywhere else, maybe not so good. I don't know. Yeah. But all they'd done was basically make it, you know, sort of cage, all that kind of basic stuff. But then all the time and effort and money yeah. had gone on the dampers. I think they've got endless pads in them. They spent some money on pads as Surely. well. Because mm-hmm. that, that's the thing that people also skip is, uh, unfortunately, brakes that work well cost money. Yeah, and yeah. you don't necessarily yeah. need like the latest, greatest giant caliper kit, but some good good pads work. A hundred percent. Good tires work. hundred percent. Those cars are cool. They're Cause, brilliant. Because one two five as well. It's a two liter turbo rear wheel drive. Yeah, one series. Thing, isn't it? Like what? How is that not good? It, yeah. it, that, that, that it blew me away, and and you know, in terms of its outright pace over a lap. It was it was way 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 quicker than cars with a lot more power. Cars have gone absolutely wild now. So uh, I have customers come in who talk about Nurburgring lap times and what time they're aiming for. Yeah, <laughs> and you and, just put your head in your hands. Well, <laughs> so anything bridge to gantry sub eight minutes is fast. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you're in, and these new the the new. Porsches and M cars and stuff that are doing sub seven minute full laps are absolutely insane. Like, never mind the technical ability of the car, the the balls you have to have yeah. to carry that much speed in anything is wild. So, actually, it, it for me is getting to the point of unnecessary. It's like unnecessary risk, unnecessary fear. Um, that one two five is probably not far off the same pace as like an E36 or E46 M3, really. 100%. And, and those sort of performance cars, are they're a thrill to drive fast around the ring. They it, are, they it, are it unbelievable. Might, uh, uh, yeah, it was a thrill. It was rewarding. You know, you could like fire it up and down curbs and it just sort of dealt with it. It's fast enough to go up the hill and not, not feel like it's standing still. Correct. Like an MX-5 is is sort of below the borderline, right? Yeah. You sit there going, mm, up the hill for a long <laughs> yeah. time. Uh, but at the point where you're in like a two-litre turbo BMW, it's going to still be accelerating up there, so yeah. you don't feel bored, you know? 100%. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think... I think um, but I think it just proves the theory again that, you know, it, it, it you don't need to... It might be... A, you may have an idea of what you want to do with your car and a direction you want to take it in, mm. but I really do speak to somebody about... With ha- that has a bit of knowledge and experience. Yeah. So I, I try and be a sort of consultant with mm. these things. Yeah. Where so I, we talked about suspension setup, but we we do loads of other stuff. The Driven Chat Podcast. There we go. How good was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And uh, in case. Uh, it's probably not. It, it, I probably don't need to say this, but in case you're thinking, "Oh, these those podcasts are short, aren't they?" There is a full episode to these, yeah, yeah. so if you want to go back afterwards and listen to them, you can. And I'll link them all in our show notes below. Yeah, John Marker. Yes. What was your favourite episode Ooh. of this year? 
Uh, well, I've got, I think like all of us, I've probably got a few that stand out. I love the episodes that I think in my head, this would be good. And you go into it thinking, I'm going to enjoy this. And then you come out of the recording and go, oh my God, that was incredible. And that has happened a few times this year. But the first one, I think, would have been with Mike Fernie off uh, of yeah. Drive Tribe. Because yeah. Mike and I, we had this little overlap of working together. Um, it was terrifying to think, but it was in 2015-16. Uh, Mike was like a fresh out of uni um, grad and was thinking about what he wanted to do from a career point of view in the world of media. So we did some work together. So we basically had this lovely recap where we filled in gaps of our story that we didn't necessarily remember or know. Uh, but then, of course, learning about this absolute behemoth of a brand known as Drive Tribe, which essentially crumbled to the ground as far as the world was concerned as as this media company, but then came absolutely soaring back as an amazing YouTube channel. So to hear Mike's story of that and how it all unfolded was incredible. And here is, as you might expect, a snippet from that conversation. You mentioned, and, and we've kind of skirted around this subject a few times throughout our chat, but the engagement from the viewer and you mentioned that when you first came on the channel there are people they were like oh funny accent but you know seems to know his stuff mm -hmm. does does how do you react to feedback as in the comments that are constructive versus the comments that are just a bit silly does it get to you do you um you know what's interesting i, I um you this is nothing on you. It's a very good thing to bring up. Very interesting thing. You ask a lot of your guests about about feedback, mm. so you um, you must really sort of dive into it quite a lot, which is a good thing to do. Um, I it's it's been very interesting. I I've um, as I say, I I came in with no video experience at all mm. to a YouTube channel with quarter of a million subscribers. Of course, yeah. So that um, I've they've the audience has literally watched me learn how to vaguely become a YouTube presenter right. ever since. So they've seen me make absolute howler mistakes, they've seen me do some stupid things, say some stupid things. Um, so there's that aspect. Another aspect is some people come to the Drive Tribe channel and fair play to watch the trio yeah, between Grand Tours. Yeah. So there are people that will see that it's not Richard and they'll click off or in some extreme cases they'll leave a nasty comment but i just have to fully come to terms with the fact that of course mm. i'm not anywhere near the level of richard hammond so i can see why some people may be kind of disappointed in that and my my only goal is to convince some of those people that actually that scottish lad isn't that bad yeah. and actually that's quite a cool car and he's doing mm. a cool thing with it um so it there have been times where it's been quite brutal um, and there's kind of nothing you can really do about it apart from just know that you've made a good piece of content, mm -hmm. you're happy with it. And I, again, like I feel that if I wasn't working at Drive Tribe, I would be a subscriber. Yeah. So like if, if I think it's an okay video, then, you know, on the most part, the audience will too. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a really interesting journey and I've, I'm sort of learning how to deal with that feedback. I, my general rule is I will wait for the video to mature. I'll wait for the YouTube algorithm to sort out the comments and then I will read the top five. Okay. Just to get a gist of what the audience thinks of the video, mm -hmm. whether they've liked it, whether they fundamentally not liked it, what stuck out to them. You can generally get that from the top five comments. Anything below that, you're just opening yourself up to mm. stuff that our brains are not sort of programmed to deal with. Um, 
So that's where I keep it. Thankfully, my production guys, they are what these people that refresh constantly and read every comment. So they mm-hmm. kind of do that for me. Yeah. And if I need to hear something, I'll hear it. But I think, you know, if I read through every comment on all our videos, I would probably quit within a fortnight. Do you think you would? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, uh, humans aren't currently built to deal with instant feedback and it's, it's it's frustrating that our brains work in a way where the 10 nice comments are completely drowned out yep. by um by a nasty one for example we, i put up a post i did like a collab with richard on instagram from mm. our road trip and it's me and him standing beside the dodge and you know loads of really nice comments but then there was just this one guy who talked about how he loves drive try but mm. that guy and like it, it was interesting to kind of sit and look at it being like i've just had this insane experience with yeah. richard yeah and this guy has then said that like does that even slightly do i let that even slightly impact the experience that i had knowing that someone doesn't like the fact that i'm standing next to him mm. um I don't really know the answer to that. I guess no. it, it, it shouldn't, but there's no two ways about it. I sat and looked at it and thought, like, why? Like, mm. why has why that person thought like that? But then when you realize there's absolutely nothing you can do about that person's no. opinion, apart from just do your best. And if they happen to watch the video, they'd be like, oh, I called that guy a mug, but actually mm. he's like Richard vibes with him. So maybe I should too. Um, it's a fascinating... And the reason I always ask about it is because I, I find it fascinating. I don't know what the answers are. And I don't even know where my intrigue comes from. But I I think because, I, again, I came into this industry as somebody that was from a production side and not even from media production, from event production before I then delved into the world of media. And I think but my big first exposure to it all was at Car Throttled and seeing people giving negative comments. And there, because there were so many comments coming in, I was kind of like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Mm. And this wasn't towards towards me or, or even anyone else particularly. It would be, you know, uh, the fact that it might be a car that they don't like and somebody's gone out of their way to tell us we got a fact wrong or something like that. But then I have since obviously then appearing on YouTube channels, you know, I've seen bits and pieces. And as I said, right at the beginning, you can't please everybody. There's always going to be someone that doesn't like the way you say something. Um, but yeah, I find that the, I find the psychology of it all absolutely fascinating. And, and like you say, you know, it, it's, it, it, is it warranted that that one comment can detract from that whole experience? And the fact that but sadly are, it can, it can, there are situations and, where it can. And you're right because the, us as humans, if we hear 10 lovely compliments in a day, but two people give us a bad compliment, that's the one we take away. It's, yeah. And it's a shame. And I I don't know how it's ever improved. I don't know how we get rid of it. Because again, the comments are coming from people that aren't, aren't ever even imagining themselves in the position of fronting content, presenting content, bringing a story, creating a story, writing a script, coming up with the ideas they're the people that are sat at home perhaps in a job they're not very happy with or you know perhaps they they dream of it but don't yeah. it never worked out it's it I, I do find the and i don't even know where i'm going with the statement because i, I can't come to a conclusion of it because i will never understand it 
No, I, I totally, I've, I've, I fall into a similar mindset as well. And uh, what I was saying earlier, I've really enjoyed listening to your other guests and mm. listening to their answers from different areas of the industry. Because, for example, if Richard was to be asked this question, mm. he would have a very different answer because his heyday, he would only ever really hear about how a Top Gear had been reviewed if he bought a newspaper, yeah. realistically. Yeah, yeah. There was an era where that, if he wanted to know what they thought of him in that episode, you'd open The Guardian or whatever. Mm, yeah. Well, now I, we can pull up a bit of content and literally within a minute, there will be opinions being thrown around, really? which is just, it's it's such a bombarding thing that I've just fully disconnected from it. And mm. as I say, I will I will dip in when I, I hate the first half hour of a video going live. I get incredibly really? anxious about it. I hate it. Um, and I, I I never want to sort of sit and watch it once it's live. I kind of schedule it and then try not to think about it. But I think that's from a time when, I mean, there was a, fair, a fairly um, vicious era where we had lots of James on the channel mm. and then me popping up, like it did rile people up because like, I've not subscribed to drive. I've subscribed to drive tribe to watch James may. Yeah. And I, that I can totally understand that because he's going to be the thumbnail that you click on and this, that and the other. Of course, yeah. Um, and I think thankfully over the last two years or so, we've managed to transition away from that, um, from just being reliant on them and people will now come to the channel to watch the latest project. Like we're doing a Jaguar thing right now and, mm. uh, the Beamer before it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't want to sound like, you know, working for drive drive is, is horrendous or anything. No. It's not that the, there's some pretty, there can be some bad moments, but overall it's, it's 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 been it's been incredibly good but um yeah I, I i i don't know what to do about being seen sometimes as a blocker mm. to the likes of richard hammond because without the content that we're creating like the projects outside of richard of there wouldn't really be a company no if it was just if it was just richard hammond on or james may on youtube um you know, it, it's that there's such big names that the whole way YouTube works, i.e., bringing on sponsors, we we would struggle because mm. the the fees would you know oh, they, yeah, they, they'd enormous. be enormous. So like yeah. there does need to be like levels to to make it all work. Um, but yeah, I did uh, again. I, I don't really know what I'm saying now. It's no. <laughs> it, it's amazing, but it's really it's sometimes really difficult. Yeah, like you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's yeah. It will it will continue to be. I mean, for ages I've been talking about. Um, finding a, either a psychologist or a psychotherapist to come on and address this sort of thing because there's so much about this new modern age of media creation that as you perfectly put it we as humans are not supposed to experience the emotions we experience in such a short space of time and yet we allow ourselves to be bothered by it and I wish that we could all just have the ability to switch it off and go it's nonsense it's on the internet it doesn't matter I've thought about maybe I don't know whether this would be a really good thing or whether it'd be really bad. I've thought about having what in my mind is called like a hater day <laughs> at the smallest cog where mm. like I genuinely find the nastiest comments of people that we know are in the UK yeah. and invite them down and like have a, have a day See with them at the smallest cog. And, um, because I, I've, I think I've had some small versions of this. There's kind of two ways. Like if you actually reply to someone um, having with them having left an nasty comment, ninety percent of the time 
they are massively apologetic yes, because yes. they suddenly realize there's someone on the other side of that comment there's someone, yeah. someone on the phone so that's one thing but also we've we've started doing events now so like um being at the nec i will have people saying like oh i i wasn't a big fan of you on the channel to start with and i hated the mondeo but actually now i've i've started i've had people come up to me saying yeah i hated you at first Brilliant. but now i actually watch all your videos and i don't know how to take that because it's like well why did you hate me yeah to hate start? Such, a, such a strong word do to have got that emotion from mm. you apart from just not being james may yeah um yeah so but then i'm like i, I yeah, I think I say thank you, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, why Why did you initially react like that? So yeah, mm. I don't know whether it would be a good thing or whether it would just be um, dragging something up that doesn't need to be dragged up. I think to actually possibly, get, yeah. get in front of these people. Because yeah. then, I don't know, I, I don't know whether that would, it probably wouldn't change because there's always the next person to take their place. What can you do? What can you do? Yeah, not a lot. So therefore... Try not to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> just get on with it. Yeah. Do the best you can. That's it. And if luck falls your way, um, it falls your way. Yeah, and but again, don't, don't discredit your ability with the word luck. Because I hear this a lot. I hear, you know, I regard myself as lucky all the time. And I say, I use that phrase, you know, I am, I am a lucky guy when it comes to the industry that I am in and the position that I'm in and the opportunities that I've been able to do and the opportunities that I've got coming up. I'm very, very lucky, but equally at the same time, there is more to it than that. And it's important that you allow yourself to remember that because yep. the reason you're standing beside Richard Hammond is because you took an active interest in changing your career path from just engineering to writing. You looked at people like Henry and thought, that's who I want to work with. You pushed yourself forward to work as an intern at places like Car Throttle. And you allowed yourself to learn from the right people to go through the good times and the bad times. And that is why you're standing next to Richard Hammond. You're going to make me a bit emotional. <laughs> but, but no, I, I it's think, true. I think, yes, it's very easy to say lucky. I think that maybe something that's slightly more accurate is um, uh, it's a combination, I think, of like hard work and like um, not picking up, but um, just opening yourself up to opportunity. So being in a place and setting yourself up for when an opportunity arises, you're perfectly placed to kind of go for it. The Driven Chat Podcast. There we go. Mike Fernie, top bloke. It is also worth noting that in our new era, our next series, our next season, our next brand, whatever it's going to be, because I still don't know. Um, we're going to revisit a lot of these conversations. So the people that you've heard, we're going to get back, as we have done. We've done that with Joe Achilles. He came back for a second recording. And yeah, we're going to get, it's always good to hear these recaps, especially after a year or two, because people are busy. They get to do some cool stuff and we have catch-up episodes. Um, Amy, I'm firing it back towards you. Any other yes. chats this year that have stood out as a... The ones that have really stuck with you? Yeah. Um, I've got ones from, from previous years, but this year, probably just one of the ones, no specific one, just of us three having a chat. Mm. We just waffle about crap and we go <laughs> off list quite a few times. And I just quite enjoy it because I don't feel like I'm, like, you know, when you interview somebody, sometimes there's a little element of slight stress because you think, I want to make sure they're engaged, they're happy, they're mm. feeling comfortable chatting away with whatever, and you're trying to get out of them some cool stories. When it's just us three, we take the mick out of each other we just kind of like, honestly talk rubbish and yeah. um no i quite enjoy that so in any of the episodes that the three of us have had a good waffle we do it's funny we said actually before we started recording this episode 
we talked about this and we talked about some of the things we might mention. And I always say, I always feel quite apprehensive towards the end of our recordings where it is just the three of us. And I think, oh, because we haven't got a guest, is this as good? Like, do people still want to hear this? But I'm always amazed at the amount of messages that we get, the DMs on social media channels, or just people that you you meet at events and things. And they go, oh, do you know what? It's the episodes where it's just the three of you or just a couple of you just talking about talking what you've been up to <laughs> um, that we really like. So we will continue with those because clearly people enjoy them. I feel it's a little self-indulgent when we do it. But hey, you know, if people love it and enjoy it, then we'll keep, we'll doing, keep it doing it because it, yeah. it is good fun. But yeah, we have, uh, I mean, the amount of times we've started an episode with a list of things we're going to talk about and then I have to rewrite the list of things we're going to talk about for the introduction at the end <laughs> that I record at the end, but you hear it at the beginning. It does happen because we are strange. Yeah, we are. We like, and you know, we like to steer off piece now and again, <laughs> all the time. Here is a clip from one of those conversations that I have rifled through for probably many hours to go. Oh, that one will do. So, a question to both of you then, and mm. this is something I've always struggled to understand. Yes. These cars are fantastic yes. when you're on track. Yes. When you're just driving them to Tesco and back. Are they still fun? Like, for example, when I drive a classic car, if I'm going to my local shop, I know I can drive that classic car, what I say, quick, at its quite a lot of its capacity. Yeah. And I'm not going very quick. And it's fun. And that's yeah. why I love classic cars. When you've got a sports car, hyper car, whatever, do you still feel, feel that you can get that enjoyment if you have it as a road car? Would you like to go first? I, I can go first because I, I actually I have a very clear sort of standpoint on this no um i don't feel like you can scratch the surface of those cars at all because they're just so capable and you you know it literally could be like i say any gear a little look at the throttle and you're suddenly doing 70 miles an hour mm-hmm. so yes to enjoy uh, to sort of potter around in and you know yes it feels quite it, it's quite an occasion isn't it to drive one but to enjoy what it can really offer I don't think so. So do you think people should not bother getting a supercar unless they're definitely going to be driving it on a track? Depends what you buy them for, though, doesn't yeah. it? People mm. buy them for very different reasons. People, mm. There's a reason why people buy a Lamborghini, mm. uh, because, you know, it's like, it's, it's a sense of occasion when you drive it. Mm. Even that, here's a little tidbit for you. Lamborghinis, when they start up, you know, they run, you know, you hear the starter mo- motor yeah. go, they run the starter motor for longer than it actually needs to. Because <laughs> it's cool. Because it sounds cool. <gasps> So then it goes, bah, bursts yeah. into life because it sounds like a race car cycle. Yeah. So that's like somebody would buy a Lamborghini for the way it looks. It's quite ostentatious looking and mm. it sounds amazing and all the rest of it. Actually, not particularly good car to drive on track. Whereas something like the McLaren somehow does both because the 720S in particular is actually a great road car. Mm-hmm. But it's still a bullet out of a gun. It's it, You can only really just scratch the surface of what it can do on the road. Mm. So I'm, I'm totally in your camp to answer your question. I love older cars because for that very reason, I feel like I can deploy more of it on the road without mm-hmm. getting into major trouble. Mm-hmm. I hear that and I agree with that. I think uh, you're absolutely right. The, the common comparison that I often use with the kids, because it is a question that I get asked a lot by my family who aren't necessarily car people and they'll say yeah but what's why would you need that why would you need a car that can do 235 miles an hour uh i don't own a car that can do <laughs> just to point that out but you know we have these conversations about what have you been driving this week and the common analogy that i will use is watches 
again, a lot of people go out and spend an awful lot of money on watches because they can. And it's often uh, not just, you know, they're not just buying it because they can, uh, but often it's an investment piece. But also there is something about the engineering that's gone into a watch. And that's why I use watches in a similar comparison to cars. But every time I look at my watch, I'm using it at its full capacity. You are, you are. But if that were a deep sea dweller Rolex that has the ability to go underwater at 500 metres, because you could be a deep sea diver, which any of us, providing you're on the right list, could go into a Rolex dealership and purchase, you then have the ability to go diving at 500 metres. You might go one metre when you go to the beach and that's it. That's all it will ever (laughs) see of the sea. However, it's that knowledge, that that thing, that timepiece that's been engineered assembled by hand that's now on your wrist has the capability of doing it and i guess to kind of bring it to a more um relevant comparison it would be like if i had let's say i earned seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week which i've i heard on the radio this morning is what some footballer from leeds is now being paid john wouldn't take that pay cut for anyone (laughs) (laughs) but let's say i get paid seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week that's 32 million pounds a year i've already worked it out by the way that's somebody's actual salary that kicks a football for a living ridiculous but if i earn that money every week and i decided i want to take up the hobby of photography i could go and buy myself the biggest and best hasselblad with the most incredible carl zeiss engineered lens you could possibly buy and i'm going to take the most mediocre photographs you've ever seen <laughs> but i can afford to go and buy that because i earn seven hundred fifty thousand pounds a week and i think in a lot of these cases when it comes to supercars and hypercars a lot of that is happening and they are being purchased sadly in my opinion sadly by people that will never yeah. even come close to finding I out how good they are a bit of an insult to the engineering it is team it, and everything I just, it, it just, absolutely in yeah. the same way if I went out and bought you know 25 grand's worth of Hasselblad it would be an, a monumental waste of money <laughs> but I could afford it because I earn £750,000 a week yeah it's a great analogy, actually. Yeah. And, and you know, it's you're right. It, it, driving them on the road, because I'm very lucky, I get to drive a lot of very expensive supercars and hypercars, and occasionally I do get to take them home. And it's really stressful. Driving them on the road is really, really stressful. Yep. I don't enjoy it because I'm constantly thinking about what's everyone else doing. Uh, if I want to give the throttle a bit of a squirt, am I then suddenly going to be going straight to court? Because <laughs> if, they, if a speed camera van or something's going to be hiding over the brow of a hill, I'm done. It's yeah, it, it's a really, it's a really, really interesting debate. But they are they're things that people buy because they can, and the very lucky few will get the opportunity to actually see what they're like and see what they're capable of. But you're right, there's an awful lot of engineering that's gone into making them. Um, to tuning them, to making them better, to refining them. And a lot of that just won't ever even get noticed. So if you are listening to this and you have got a supercar of sorts and you haven't taken it on track yet, that needs to be Please fixed. do. Go and do it. Please yep. do. Go and see what this car can do. And if you don't want to drive it, give it to somebody else that can so that you can sit in the passenger seat and go, oh, this is quite good actually, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, we're always yeah. up for that. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Driven Chat Podcast. Oh, aren't we good? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and humble too. <laughs> aren't we rubbish? Um... Gosh, yeah, people listen to this. Isn't that wild? People do listen to it. Um, hundreds which... of thousands of people. Half a million people have listened to us. Yeah, and counting. Absolute tosh. <laughs> what are you doing with yourselves, honestly? I'm all right with it. Yeah. No, you do carry on, actually, please. It's helpful. Um, Miles, go on. Another one that sticks well, out in your in your I, head? I don't know if this came across during the interview at all. But it <laughs> oh, was... I know. <laughs> it was quite self-indulgent, because I am a bit of a fanboy of Richard Tuttle. Yeah. And um, I... I couldn't hold it in. Yeah, I was just like, this guy's amazing. Well, I believe... Like, oh, my God, my God, I love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I believe oh, the like... question after a little advert break... Miles, <laughs> Miles <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Why are you so great? <laughs> Can you... Wow. And I had no idea that that was coming. So I'm John sat... looked at me like... I was you like, what? Oh, my God. You were like a 19-year-old at Hosea concert. Yeah, I literally was. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. are you so great? If I if I had knickers that I could have thrown at him, I would have done it. It was... It, <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. I, no, what I, I liked is that you didn't hide that admiration. <laughs> no! It was lovely. Uh, Laura, who was the uh, who was also sat in the room, who's Tuthill's um, like social media and PR... The t- so Laura and I have known each other for a good few years and we kind of locked eye contact at the point that you said it in a, in a way that was like, where is this going? <laughs> What's happening right now? But it was nice. So um, let's hear that very clip uh, just to... Uh, just, to, to <laughs> just to embarrass me even more. <laughs> keep Brilliant. that wound going. But he does actually come back with a very good answer. So yes, here is a little snippet from our conversation with Mr Richard Tuthill. Uh, as interesting as that is, Richard, I want to steer your attention back towards cars just for a moment. Um, before we left for the break, now, I wanted to pick up on this just a little bit because we've answered some very important questions. Why you go to Kenya? Why you, go, why you do safari? Why you do ice driving? Etc. Etc. But there's certainly a question I wanted to ask, which is, why are you so good? Ooh. Oh, wow. That's so that. kind <laughs> of you. There's very, there's very few people who would agree with that comment. And, and actually... But this is the thing. You, you, are, you are a hideously humble gentleman, and I, I, I won't... I would embarrass myself sitting here and say that I was very, very excited to come and be here and meet you. But there's something that doesn't get talked about very often, which is your particular skill behind the wheel. And I'm just interested to know where that comes from and how how it's become such a thing. And so your input on the cars equally has become such an important part of the brand. Well, I think, look, uh, again, growing up here, I was driving when I was seven I rolled my car, my first car. And by the way, by the way, just let's just be very clear. I have not had a lot of accidents in my life. The last <laughs> couple of months haven't been great, but so I just want to put that out there. The first accident I ever had, uh, first time I ended my roof, was 50 meters away in a, in a cornfield that had just been um, harvested, so it was stubble. Uh, my sister was co-driving. I was eight. Uh, and my cousin was in the back. Oh, gosh. And we ended up 
rolling a beetle, which is relatively easy to do. So um, I have been driving a long time. I've had a few scrapes within uh, yeah, 100 metres of this building because I used to sort of... Be, I had a, an uncanny knack of being able to get stuff to start. So as long as I was... <laughs> whatever age, as long as I had a jump back, I reckon I could get most things to start. And um, So I've done a bit of driving. And a long time ago, a very long time ago, I was... I was I was very good. I'm, I'm going to say I was very good. Um, and uh, I did quite a lot of driving. Uh, firstly, funny enough, in, in a, in a front-wheel drive of Vauxhall Nova where I won the British Junior Championship or whatever it was, or 1300 Junior Championship, um, Colin McRae started in a, in a Nova, so it can't be too bad. Or did he start in a Sunbeam? Either way. Um, Novas were amazing, and I was a bit worried about front-wheel drive, but they are awesome. Um, so so and then I drove a Civic, which was a cool thing. Then I drove a Porsche because I didn't have anything else to do then I drove some Subarus and in America I drove Mitsubishis and then a Hyundai so I did quite a lot of driving um, and yet I was pretty good these days I am probably um, eternally frustrated I, I'm not as good as I was mm. I can still drive reasonably well uh, but I'd like to be better but the reality is I have two problems Firstly, I have, sorry, let me clarify that. I have lots of problems. Um, <laughs> firstly, um, I'm a bit older than I was. Yeah. I don't drive as much as I used to. Uh, my eyesight is probably not what it once was. Um, and, and my head is full of everything other than concentrating on driving. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a little, little moment in Epint, uh, a month ago, two months ago, where I ended up coming to coming to blows with a rock which ripped the rear wheel off, um, and that was just yeah, right speed, wrong corner, mm. talent issue. Um, we had it on that on that corner. We had a double caution, I think, and slippy. I had everything going for me, but I was trying too hard, I suspect. And that is one of the problems with driving. If you're not driving regularly and you and you want to keep pushing, then you try. You probably try a bit hard. But I love driving, um, and I'm, I'm rallying this weekend in preparation for Roger Albert Clark Rally, which is a five-day. I don't know why anyone wants to do it rally in the north of England and Wales in November. Um, I think I think that Chris Harris spent the night in his Ford Escort last year because they all got two years ago because they all got snowed in, didn't they? Oh, I remember that. A, yes, pub, a pub opened its doors and rescued a load of them. Yeah. So, I mean, God knows why we're going, but we are, and it's, that's Ryan's fault, because he won, so I thought, well, okay, maybe I should get back behind the wheel of a rally car, which, by the way, is a perfect excuse. It's been 10 years since I did some driving. Mm. So this year, for the first time in 10 years, I've decided I ought to be able to win rallies again. Good for you. And thank God I did win one, because without that... Um, uh, it would be an absolute shambles, and I should probably, like, like I was saying about Instagram, I should just give up. Well, yeah, well, that's, and I think that's a very normal trait. I think a lot of people would have done exactly that. You, once you start getting that mentality in of, well, maybe I'm not as good as I once was. And, of course, it's a, it's a sad truth that we all, as we get older, there are certain things that we were once very good at that we are not so good at. This goes into multiple facets of our <laughs> We life, won't go sadly. down that. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. a terrible... Going, line of conversation. Going stre- steady, steady. Whatever could you be talking order, about? Order, order. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, and I guess if you then go through with, let's use driving as an example for, to be safe, uh, and you realise, oh, you make a couple of mistakes, maybe something goes wrong, you have a little incident, you don't finish, and you think, oh, maybe I was right, 
Maybe, maybe that is it. And it can be enough to just make you go, right, that's it. Hang up the gloves, hang up the, the helmet, no more. I'm, I'm, close to, uh, I'm close to that. And I've probably said to myself, I will stop rallying um, at the end of RAC. I mean, for the time being. A, I'm really, really busy. And, and I will go to this weekend's event and, and I, I will not have done any preparation. Mm. The story of my life. And I will go and try and wing it and I know I can drive reasonably well, and I know I'm in a great car. The problem is when I'm in a 911, I, you know, if I can't win in a 911, it's not great advert. So I can't just go out there and have a laugh, and, and it's not in my nature. And, and um, so I will continue to push like hell in everything I do in life. So that's, that's guaranteed. I'm not going to finish second. The Driven Chat Podcast. And we're back. I'm, I'm just unfolding myself from the crippling embarrassment. <laughs> it's nice. He'll always remember that conversation. Uh, yeah. So will you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I won't let you forget it. You know those ones where you wake up in the middle of the night and go, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. It'll haunt you for years. It will, yeah. And I'm sure I'll be it was nice. happily reminded of it. I, I really enjoyed that conversation. And um, he's just uh, a very interesting bloke and a good steerer of cars. As very well. good steerer of cars. Yeah, no, very cool. Very, very, very good. Oh, actually, uh, I got one that I would like to get in there for sure, because mm-hmm. it was a real... Uh, we, I, we were a bit nervous about having him on um, on the show. And actually, when we did record with him, we it was so rogue that we had to record a disclaimer before it even <laughs> went out, right. which we've never, ever, ever had to do before. Ian no. Flux. Yeah. I've not listened to this right. one. It's, it's worth a go. Um, Is there lots of spicy language? We had to... So Tom, our audio editor, audio producer, had to do the most blinding edit with not just little beeps for swearing. He added all sorts of things Which like... Which were hilarious. Car horns <laughs> and... <laughs> duck, a duck quacking yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Because uh, the stories that Ian told were unreal and... Unsanitary. To this day, and because depression. I have had a few people who I've seen socially or bumped into at events, and they go, God, listen to that Ian Flux episode. That was pretty wild. And my response, which is completely true every single time, is, yeah, well, if only you could have heard the stuff we had to cut out. Seriously. Because we removed about, I think, 15 to 16 minutes of content, which is a lot yeah. when you're recording for an hour and a half or so. That's a lot of conversation where I thought, we can't publish that because either we're going to jail or he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and we can really? never publish it. We can uh, never publish it. You've got to tell me one of the stories. Oh yeah, this. if if you uh, yeah, we'll we'll share those stories with you, Amy, after we've hit the stop button on if this. If you one. see us, but if yeah. you see John or I or Amy once we've told her the story, yeah, um, we'd be happy to. Yeah, as long as there's no recording devices around, happy to divulge. But as long as that's the case, no. And I might start every line with allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Unconfirmed reports are that he actually did. And then, yeah. So, yeah, if you've heard that episode and gone, oh, my God, if that was the stuff you could put out, then I dread to think what it was. Um, so, yeah, I tell you what, just for a laugh, let's play some of the stories we could tell. Um, perhaps the reveal of how he fulfilled his tire budgets yeah yeah um brace yourselves for this one you've been racing for 49 years yeah and you said only this year is the first year you haven't renewed your race license yeah i i second year sorry second uh, year but i i'd retired at the start of 2019 sure. uh, from 
from racing, not from having a go. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, if, you, if, you, if somebody said, would you like a few laps in that lovely Ferrari? I'm not going to say, no, I've retired. But absolutely no racing. And that, once I said no, that was, that was the end of it. So 50 years, you know, we, we can consider that you've probably seen quite a few things during that <laughs> yeah. time. Is there anything that sticks out in your very, in your early career that was quite formative into, you know, what was essentially a very fantastic racing career? Yeah, Piccadilly Toilets, that, that stuck out quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> really? I was a rent boy. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, You're not was, joking, are you? No, no. I'd managed to cover it up for years, but um, I got um, caught in a police sting in Piccadilly toilets and uh, had to go to Maribyrne Magistrates Court for the, uh, for soliciting. And I go to the court and I'm looking down the list and um, there was a tap on the shoulder and uh, Tim Lee Davey, who used to race, uh, he made his name, uh, do you remember the big time programme um, in the 70s? And Esther Sheena Easton was the first big time person, yeah. right? And obviously working nine to five and all that. And the following week, it was Tim being a racing driver, but Tim also trained to be a lawyer, uh-huh. uh, so he had something to fall back on. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm at Marylebone Magistrates Court, and there's a tap on the shoulder. Oh, hello, Tim. And he said, "Oh, what are you here for, Fluxy?" I said, "Oh, seeding." And he said, "Oh, I'll, I'll come in and help you. I'll get you fine reduced or something." And he said, "Well." You're in this court here. It says soliciting. That's not speeding. So, <laughs> obviously, that's when the, the cover was all blown. Nah. So, uh, I got away with it for years, but then uh, then it all came out. <laughs> wow. Jesus Christ. Well, there we go. I'm going to add that so, to my uh, list of things I didn't expect to hear in this I, I, I was normally trying to get 250 quid a week, which would buy the tyres for the weekend. So, when you were saying about the price of your tyres... <laughs> To get three grand a week, you, yeah. you, you're going to have to have some customers. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Like, right. I can feel. I can feel the DMs coming in already. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to get so. I'm going to get in so much pain for this. Anyway, this is already a great start. The Driven Chat Podcast. There we go. We can all have a a shot of penicillin and shudder ourselves into dismay. Just Very remember that that, that world did exist. Yeah. And yeah. it was okay at the time, <laughs> supposedly. My word. Well, to, to bring us back to something mm. a little more safe, John Marker. <laughs> or maybe not safe, I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah. What would be one of your uh, favourites? So, it is so difficult because we have had so many conversations this year alone. Um, but yeah, there are a few of those conversations. I think a bit like, uh, Miles, your reaction or admiration for... Uh, somebody of a similar trade, which of course would have been Tuthill as a, a fellow engineer brain. Um, for me, having the conversations with other writers, journalists, content creators, producers, that sort of stuff is always great because it's a great reminder. I often feel, as I've shared a million times on this podcast over the years, that I have quite crippling imposter syndrome i regularly sit and think what on earth am i doing here i have no right to be here no qualifications to be here and uh, i'm fairly sure whatever i'm creating is actually a load of tosh um, but then i speak to other people that say oh no i'm exactly the same and i also don't have the degree and i also never really imagined that i'd be getting to where i am now and one of those conversations was henry catchpole yeah who is just such an ever so lovely guy 
Uh, he creates some of the most amazing automotive content. If you, if you perhaps you're thinking, oh, I know the name, I can't picture the face, you will have seen his content. If you've consumed automotive YouTube content, you will have seen Henry's. If you've read magazines, you would have read his words. He's just a great guy. And I really enjoyed that conversation because it was one of those reminders where I was like, ah, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Not the only one that feels like perhaps I'm a little underqualified to be doing this uh, because he is like top of the game. He's really cool. So here's a little snippet from our conversation with Henry Catchpole. Well, talk to me a little bit about the your kind of process of writing and not only the, the structure of what you write, but when. Because again, I, I, I'm just from a very personal point of view, there are certain times, and I think this is a, just a trait of any creative anyone that's creating something whether that's a, a work of art on a canvas a written story or a particularly good video edit or even a photograph perhaps or a photo edit I should say I find there are certain times of the day where if I sit down at a computer and go right now I need to put all those those iPhone notes that I've scribbled together versus some bits of paper I've written on and receipts I've scribbled on to remember certain things I want to say about the car and I sit down in front of a computer and go no, brain's not working now. And I sometimes, right, I, I, I insist that some of the best stuff I've ever written is the stuff that I, once I've already sat in bed, I then go, ah, oh, actually, no, I'm just going to go into the office just very briefly and I'll be there for two hours and then bash out 2,000 words. Is that, um, do you find a similar thing? Or do you are you fairly good at going, right, no, I need to get that done by this time, therefore I'll sit down and it just happens? Oh, I wish. <laughs> I, I kind of, good, that makes I me feel really a lot better. Wish that was okay. I'm, yeah, we're recording this in the middle of the day yeah that's kind of no coincidence because i know i'm useless really at trying to write yeah. or be creative in the middle of the day i just yeah. i can't sort of if i it always used to be case i was very much an owl and i was i would stay up uh-huh. during the night and it was that kind of thing where there were no distractions mm-hmm. you felt like yes, the rest, exactly the rest of the world's gone yeah. to bed kind of thing yeah. um and it's all quiet and peaceful and i'd i'd write through the night um and usually write up to a deadline. Um, de- deadline always helps in terms of focusing <laughs> yeah. on mine. It really, it really does. I, I, um, I'm definitely one of those yeah. who work to a deadline. You're also a um, Sunday evening homework. <laughs> and um, and now, you know, I, if I can get out of bed early in the morning and do that, but I'm just not very good at getting it. I like being up early. Um, you know, I love a, an early morning drive. It's wonderful, but mm. the process of actually getting out of bed early i'm i've always been useless at so there's people that can skip out of bed and you know yeah yeah um i never run in the morning i was always a kind of train in the in the evening sort of thing i could get back from the office and go out for a run at 11 o'clock at night that, that i could do but to get up at you know 7 a.m and go for a run i just i'm just i'm just not i'm just not functioning it's going for me <laughs> which is not great for races when you have to go to sort of you of know multi-sports or anything like that we always seem to start it was one of the nice things about bike cycling racing was that they were always sort of you could go into an evening crit when I'm just about sort of you know ready for it by that point sorry that's completely off topic <laughs> <but, It's okay. laughs> I'm just um, relieved that I'm not the only one that seems to just sit at a desk all day going why is my brain working the, do you know, the, the worst thing as well is this there's this sort of you know midday malaise when yeah. you just think I'm not the, there's still you know I'm freelance as we discussed I should be able to go right do you know what this from midday till you know late afternoon that's fine do you know what i'll go for a run i'll go and do mm, sort of do some yeah. housework or whatever it is i need to do go and get the shopping done i still feel a lot of the time like i should be sitting you know it's the the working yeah. day i should be sitting Absolutely, there yeah. doing really, some I can completely doing some work so you sit there pouring over kind of one paragraph that you then delete three hours later yeah. and think why have i or 
worse still looking at YouTube because you feel like you've got your laptop on your lap and sort of you're doing some sort of work because it's yeah, yeah. it's research and sort of you know you know, looking at it, it's like that's not it's a coffee machine i'm not researching anything i know what his videos look like i can't sort of i cannot click but you know it's just yeah so mm. yeah i wish i was better at it but it's um i'm not so i think go. everybody listening to this that is a freelancer has just gone Oh, thank God. We're and all possibly safe. those that aren't freelancing as well. Who, <laughs> yeah. you know, I remember one of the one of the very early conversations that I had uh, myself and the then Amy Shaw, now Amy Haynes, and we spoke mm. to Alex Goy about this. And Alex is a really good friend. And um, we asked that I asked a similar question, and Alex's reply, which I think kind of caught me off guard a little bit, said when I said, you know, do you enjoy writing? What's the process of it, and and, and how do you feel about it? And his reply almost instantly was, "It's really hard." Mm. And I was like. Oh, and then about a week or two later, um, another friend of mine, Tom Wookie Ford, and asked him about it. And I think he'd listened to Alex's episode. And he was like, oh, I don't know why anyone thinks it's hard. You just kind of get on with it. And <laughs> No, you don't. You stare yeah. at a blank sheet of paper until your forehead bleeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you kind of you know, go away and sort of you know, <laughs> have another coffee and hope that some you know spark comes to you. But, That's um, it. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, there, there are things you can... I've learned over the years that you, you kind of... You, you don't have to start at the beginning. That's That's mm. always a... Yes. Out of jail thing is like right. I I have no idea how this is going to start, but I know that the driving section of it um, mm. is is going to work. So you put that in there. And mm. you, do, you write it out of order, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, yeah, not easy. <laughs> Wish it was sometimes just to, just occasionally. It's lovely, and it's like getting yes. it's like getting into that car that you sort of. You, it just fits you in terms of the yeah. dynamics and stuff, and it's the the turning is just the way you like it, and the sort of you know the amount of power it's got, and the chassis balance and everything. And you just feel at home, and it all you're on the right road, and it all flows. And that is you get the same in writing, just occasionally. The Driven Chat Podcast. Well, we could sit for hours and talk about the many conversations that we've had because there have been loads, um, but we won't because we'd be here for hours and hours and hours and we will have to go home at some point. And, and we will never run out because uh, John and I have this ever-growing list of people where we go, ooh, hit him or her or yep. they. Yep. And uh, and I don't mean I don't mean the pronoun, I mean that as in actual plural people, you know. <laughs> um, there are so many people that we want to speak to and I don't think we will ever run out because it's just a... A very strong list of interesting... Exactly people. that. Yeah. And this is where you, dear listener, can also come into this because, of course, we are going to be continuing what we do in a very similar way. And there is no doubt a list of people that you might want to hear on the podcast as well. It works in two ways. Of course, let us know who you would like us to approach. And I'm happy to do that. But also let the prospective guests know as well. It's always great. And it has happened, happened a couple of times, in fact, where people have dropped me an email or drop me a, a dm going so i've been told i should probably get involved with this and yeah that is gonna that's always great so anyone that you're thinking i'd love you guys to have a chat with insert name here hit us up with it and we will do our damnedest to go and find them if we can show them hard evidence that one person on the internet wants to hear their conversation that might be enough to get them booked and confirmed to come into our little studio or us go to them is there anybody that you'd want to interview that you've not yet there is one name and the two of us have exchanged a few emails and uh even a couple of text messages oh cute which 
the first request for a conversation with this individual, I believe, was sent in December 2020. Wow. And for the past two years, we've basically been trying to find a date that might work. Uh, I will say their name, and it's Mr. Johnny Smith. Oh, yeah. So Johnny and I have been talking about getting him on for the podcast for quite some time. And that is one of the names you can expect to hear in the not too distant future. I just need to somehow make our diaries line up and um, and make that happen because, yeah, I feel like that's going to be a great start. Um, what about you guys? Have you guys got anyone on your hit list that you'd love to sit down with and pick apart their brain? Mm, maybe. But I'm going to see if Mars has got one first. Or do you want to... I can carry on talking if you want me to carry on talking. No, I just... Because I, I literally have a list where I go, oh, that you? person, yeah, oh, look. Okay, you, oh, my God, you have list. Got a um, list. I would really like to speak to Neil Carey. Oh, very good. So Neil Carey, for, you remember when Chris Harris did the his own YouTube channel of Chris Harris on Cars yeah. Yeah. and all of that stuff, where his that was just explosive at the time. Mm. He shoots all of those films. And it's basically him and one other guy. Nine times out of ten, it's just him. And it looks like a whole production crew's done it, but it's just him and a camera. Yeah. And it just, I just think he'd be a really interesting person because he's just travelled around the world with Chris producing all these amazing films. I think mm. he's probably got a few stories to tell. Mm. He has. And in fact, so I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on our little early December recap episode, um, Chris Harris's audiobook, if you haven't yet gone and had a listen, go and have a listen. If you're on Spotify, you can listen to it for free because you've got Spotify and they now do audiobooks, it would seem. Um, and he talks about Neil, he talks about that, Chris does, talks about that time of his life when making those films. It does, it sounds amazing. So yeah, that yeah. would be good shout. That would be a great Yeah, guess. we'll go for that. I don't really know. There was always somebody that we were going to get on forever and then we never did. Um, oh, Guy Berryman. Oh, yeah. A Coldplay's bassist. Oh, yeah. Massive car nut. We sh- Yeah, why didn't we do I that? I don't really know why we didn't. You've got him in your phone book, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, so, we'll, do, we'll line that one up. I just me. think it's because I've, I've photographed with him for a couple of, more than once. And mm. um, yeah, he's got a great collection of cars. And I just think talking to him about his love for cars and he's got his own like fashion label as well. And I just think his idea of cars, design, music, although I probably wouldn't, wouldn't want to talk too much music with him because I bet he gets that chat all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But hearing, because he's a photographer as well. So we always chat about photography when we see each other. Mm. So I'd like to just... Uh, hear his story his car story not his music story his car story so nice. that's Great what I quite like yeah yeah is, is he something to do with road route as well yeah. yeah yeah he is indeed cool so yeah that's very cool good idea Thanks. good thinking good thinking good thinking I, I have on my hit list and it is somebody who has featured on the podcast a couple of times but only at the Goodwood Sounds of episodes in fact I'm going to hit with two that I'd love to get on one is probably more likely than the other and I won't I'll let you decide which one you think is the more likely or the less likely um but the first one is the aforementioned Chris Harris if Chris would be up for a chat I know that he's not a big fan of jumping on other people's podcasts and doing this sort of thing so it would be a big ask but I feel like there's a great story there and more so now that I've listened to the book I feel like there's a lot more that I understand about him as an individual which is very relatable to um us in this bizarre game that we call our jobs and careers and that would be great the other one as well which again I think is just going to be so difficult but I feel would be incredible would be Mr Rowan Atkinson how good would that be the the problem with both of those particularly Rowan no um kind of like dissing of, of of Chris but I think they're both incredibly intelligent men yes and I would feel totally 
out of my depth. I'd be like trying to be clever, witty, thinking of things that they've not been asked before. And I'd just yeah. be like, so do you like acting? <laughs> I'd, I, I think I'd just mean. absolutely, yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd panic, I think. I have a but, similar um, thing with Steve Coogan, who's one of my absolute idols. And I often think, I think of people that I might get starstruck by if I mm-hmm. saw them in person. And I feel that there aren't actually a lot of people that I'd be like, oh my God, that is so-and-so. Because, yeah, we've been quite lucky, especially with the radio stuff that we've done at TalkSport. It would be quite normal to be sat in the News UK canteen and you've got a fairly famous television chef sat next to you swearing at somebody. It happened. And, <laughs> um, but, yeah, there are certain people that I feel like I'd see and go, oh, my God. And, yeah, I feel like if somebody like Steve Coogan, probably Rowan Atkinson, actually, at the same time, if they somebody somehow made that happen, I'd be there in the studio going, um, I really like your television. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Yeah, I think just, we'd have to make a promise not to talk about Mr Bean at all. Oh, God, no. Like, that yeah. would be, I think you'd get so sick of it. Yeah. God, um, yeah. But do yeah. we have any, do, do we have any, any leads to Rowan Atkinson? Yes, we do. I have but a I just, lead. I, I, yeah, I have an lead, but um, I am fairly certain he's not, He's just not that fussed about doing stuff like this. No, so I suppose he doesn't need to. It's, no. the, it's not like he's got to do any self-promotion. Exactly. So. Yeah. Mm. And I don't hold that against anyone. No, I get that this sort of thing is a strange thing to do as a guest and sometimes uh, can feel a little, little bit self-indulgent, which a lot of people just don't like and completely get that. So, yeah, we're never going to pressure people into doing it. But, but then again, be keen on knowing who you'd like to hear from. I think these people do this stuff for fun. So it mm. is also talking about their passion. And people do like talking about the passions. They do. So yeah, that's true. maybe. Maybe. Maybe we need to write them like a joint begging letter. Please come on to our podcast. We love you very much. Yeah, we'll come to you. Really we'll like Mark 7. Or, or we could just, the approach that we have when we go to Goodwood or anything like that is just tackle people whilst they're walking around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's you. And then Which has just... worked in the terms of having a quick chat with somebody and then going, can we book you for a, a longer chat? That yeah. has happened. We it's have good. succeeded in doing that. So yeah, maybe that, that is the approach. Well. Yeah, we will continue also, worth saying, we're going to continue doing those Sounds of episodes where we will be walking around Goodwood. So the members meeting, you can expect us to be there as we will be at the Festival of Speed and we absolutely definitely will be at the Revival. Um, all of those events happening next year. So yeah, expect loads of familiar content from those sort of things. But the main thing that I wanted to put across in this episode is the most sincere, and I really mean this, thank you to you, our listener, because you've been with us from the start. You might have listened to every single episode that we've put out. If you have, goodness me, incredible. Um, you might have chipped in here and there with certain people you'd like the the sound of, the people you want to listen to. And again, that's absolutely fine. If you've listened to 10 minutes of our content and enjoyed it, then that's all I could ever hope for. And the fact that we started this on a bit of a whim, um, all running different companies, doing different things. Uh, I was in a very different place in my life at the point that we started recording this this podcast um, in comparison to now essentially running this mad brand, which is known as Driven, that people are enjoying all over the world. So it's been a huge honour to do it, and I've really enjoyed it, and we will continue doing it. Um, but of course, it goes with thanks, because without an audience to listen to it, enjoy it, to read it, to watch it, it wouldn't exist. So a huge thank you, dear listener, for being with us on this journey. And I look forward to bringing more bring you more of the same sort of content in the future uh, providing you keep enjoying it so yeah yeah no absolutely uh, to second that and the the uh, certainly in the last 6 months or so we've had an influx of feedback and mm. dms and stuff and we do read them all and it 
genuinely does help us steer how we approach things as well. So thanks for all that positive feedback. Absolutely. You've said it all. Just thanks, guys. Yeah, That's thanks, it. guys. Thanks, everyone. Um, right. We also should say a huge thank you to the people that we don't often shout about on this podcast recording uh one name that you do hear from time to time is our audio producer tom uh tom is the man that takes the bucket of noise week in week out that we produce it all goes onto a memory card that turns into a we transfer file and i send it over to tom and go yeah good luck with this one um, <laughs> fix it please yeah yeah make, <laughs> make us sound, sound good, good. <laughs> yeah. uh, so a huge huge thank you to tom and all your efforts it is massively appreciated as the man that when we started doing this i was doing the editing the audio editing and the uploading and all that sort of stuff so i know how painful it is so yeah the fact that uh, you've stuck with us tom is massively appreciated but also Away from the podcast side of things, we have the most amazing video production team. So a huge thank you, I want to say, to Luke Wilson, who's the primarily uh, the guy behind the amazing drone footage and the video reviews that you see me doing on our YouTube channel. Likewise for Richard Fulbrook, who's done some amazing work with us over the past year. And then, of course, there's the in-office production team that you occasionally have heard their names. Amber, who uh, sadly is no longer with us in the organisation, but was a huge part of Driven and uh, had done some amazing work with us. So a huge thank you to Amber, who is still around and still we'll chips in, in with ideas. Yeah, absolutely. We're in touch and doing fun things with Amber from time to time. But of course, there's the Phil, who you never hear of, but he's big boss Phil, uh, who, of course, makes all of this happen. We are hugely grateful to you and to Alexis as well. Again, a name that you probably haven't heard very often. But without Phil and Alexis, none of us would be sat in this room doing what we do. And of course, they are the people behind Paramex, which is the company that makes all of this possible so if you are still sat there going what is this paramex company how does it all work what's it all about we've put some information on the website but paramex limited is essentially the company that have enabled us to do everything uh, so a huge thank you to paramex a huge thank you to phil a huge thank you to alexis and to the many 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 others that have chipped in and helped out at events um, they've helped out with production ideas they've helped out with hooking up interviews and ideas and the list of those people is just infinite but you know who you are if you've been in any way involved in this or even just sorted out with a, an introductory email of have a chat with these guys they'd be great for the podcast that sort of stuff is just means the world to us so it's been great to have so much support on this journey it's a strong team. It's a strong team. It is a pretty strong team. I should also probably thank you as well, John, because oh. you're the you're the glue that sticks us all together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're um, great glue. Well, thank you. It's been uh, it's it's been a, I genuinely mean it. it. It's an absolute joy putting this stuff together. There are times where I pull my hair out and go, "Why are we doing this?" Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, generally speaking, we I cannot complain. Oh my god, yeah. absolutely! I cannot complain about anything that I do because I often think back as a quote from our good friend Ben Brokesmith, actually from String Theory Garage, as he likes to do at times where he's finding his job particularly stressful or challenging. He asked the question, "What would twelve-year-old me think about me doing this?" Mm. And that is a one. very good question to keep asking yourself in, when the times do get difficult, because twelve-year-old John would be going. What? He's doing what? <laughs> <laughs> so on that, we will say again a huge thank you. Thank you for sticking with us. Keep an eye on the website, driven.site, to see what is happening next and when it's happening. The website's going to keep churning out the content that it makes 
as it has been for the past couple of years. So there's still going to be plenty of car reviews to read about. I've just been on the Kia EV9 launch. You'll be able to read all about that there. Some motor motorcycle tests that we've been doing recently, you can read all about that there. The news stories that we handpick for you every single day, they're still going to be uploaded. But as for the podcast, we're on a short break and then we'll be back bigger, better, harder, better, faster, stronger. Blah, 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 like the, blah, uh, blah, blah. Just like Daft Punk. Just mm-hmm. like Daft Punk, but better. Do we come back with helmets on? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a flat no. <laughs> nice idea. Yeah. I was thought back to a, a video production that I wasn't involved in, I'll make it very clear, where you were asked to wear a crash helmet for it. Who? Um, which I remember you phoning me after the video shoot going i've just done this thing that was really weird and rubbish uh and i think it's still on our youtube channel oh god oh my goodness i can't remember have you this. blanked it out of your memory yeah this is gone i don't I, we've this... all done things we're not proud of all right <laughs> oh oh dear no yeah, dear yeah, that see. was yeah no that's why i blanked it out i remember that <laughs> i think there is a video still on our youtube channel somewhere which features can we get it amy hayes we just, wearing a crash helmet can we remove it <laughs> You can find it. You can watch it. I'm going to answer first. I'm going to watch no. it. Buried somewhere in our YouTube content. Keep it buried. Keep it buried. Uh, yes. Thank you, everyone involved. Thank you all for listening. And we look forward to being back with you in the not too distant future with more of the same and more. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Well, there we have it. You have now reached the very end of the very last Driven Chat podcast. And I deliver some good news. The good news is that you can now, as of right this minute, go and find our new production. Simply search for The Driven Podcast. It's the same title. We've just cut the chat. It's a catchphrase in itself. And I'd focus more on that if it wasn't for the fact that there is a podcast with the name cut the chat (laughs) so uh, we're not going to infringe on their copyright Uh, we'll focus on our own and our own is Driven and the Driven podcast it's available right now you can go and subscribe to our little placeholder trailer and if you're listening to this in real time of its publish that will be the end of 2023 slash early 2024 then hit the subscribe button now once you've found it listen to our little trailer it's about seven minutes long and be ready for when the first episode drops and that will most likely be in February 2024 I would like to once again extend my personal thanks to every single one of you that has listened to this. If you're listening to this as one of many episodes that you've caught, a handful of episodes that you've caught, uh, or perhaps this is the only one that you've caught. If you found us for the first time in our last episode, then please do, by all means, go back and listen to the entire back catalogue. Have a search through, have a scroll through, have a browse through all of the different names that we have spoken to in this podcast as the Driven Chat podcast. Chances are, if you've enjoyed one episode, there'll be at least a handful more that you will also enjoy. It's worth pointing out and reminding you, this podcast is going nowhere. You will always have access to this podcast and the entire catalogue of episodes that we have recorded. But the new podcast is ready to be found right now. It's the Driven Podcast. It's available on all the podcast platforms. And to make life really easy for you, if you head on over to our website 
driven.site and click on either the podcast tab at the very top or one of the scrolling banners that's currently saying the Driven Chat podcast is ending, then there you will see some quick and easy links through to the new podcast where you can hit subscribe and be ready for the first episode that will drop in February 2024. That's it for me. That's it for the Driven Chat podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we shall speak to you again very soon. The Driven Chat podcast, powered by Paramex Digital. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.